Hi everyone, welcome to Behind the Scenes in Hell with Dr. Ron, a podcast that uncovers the hidden heroes and untold stories in the world of healthcare. I am your host, Dr. Rona Odigwe, or Dr. Ron for short, and I'm excited to take you on an insightful journey behind the curtains of the healthcare industry. I'm a medical doctor with a postgraduate degree in clinical anatomy and another in health informatics. I'm interested in healthcare technologies, innovation, patient care, informatics, and health content creation. In this podcast, we delve deep into the lives of healthcare workers, shining a spotlight on the dedicated professionals who work tirelessly behind the scenes to deliver exceptional care to patients. While doctors and nurses often take the center stage, there are countless unsung heroes who play critical roles in ensuring the seamless functioning of the healthcare system. From the skilled medical laboratory scientists and technologists who analyze samples and provide crucial diagnostic insights, to the compassionate medical social workers who offer support and guidance to patients and their families, we explore the multifaceted and essential contributions of every member of the healthcare team. Join us as we share stories of resilience, innovation, and teamwork that drive the heart of healthcare. We'll talk to healthcare administrators who navigate the complexities of managing a hospital efficiently. And we'll hear from healthcare researchers who are at the forefront of groundbreaking medical discoveries. Our podcast goes beyond the clinical aspects of healthcare as we shed light on the challenges and triumph of healthcare workers during the pandemic and beyond. We will discuss the mental and emotional toll of the profession and how these dedicated individuals find strength in the face of adversity while not overlooking those individuals who have pivoted into the non-clinical areas of healthcare and still contributing their quota to healthcare delivery. Behind the scenes in Hell with Dr. Ron is not just a podcast. It's a tribute to those who work diligently behind the scenes, often without recognition, to improve and save lives. Each episode will inspire you, leaving you with a newfound appreciation for the unsung heroes shaping the landscape of healthcare. If you're curious to explore the passion, commitment, and innovation that go into delivering quality healthcare, this podcast is for you. So tune in to Behind the Scenes in Hell with Dr. Ron and be a part of the conversation that celebrates the relentless spirit of those who make healthcare possible. It is my hope that with this podcast, we will shed light on these areas, improve patient care, and hopefully inspire the next generation of healthcare professionals, one conversation at a time. Subscribe now and join us on this enlightening journey through the art and soul of healthcare. Let me try to get the the ability to share. So uh, um, just a second, I'll give you that permission now. All right, dear. Okay. Yep, done. Perfect. So let me. I'll try to share my second deck stop because I have. I have two, so okay. Um, so just let me know if, yeah, good. Okay, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. So, um, my name is Darlington. I I'm honored to to speak with us today. Um, so before I go into 
introduction about myself. So I I would just kind of give a little bit of what we would love to look at today. So I would talk about myself um, so that I would use myself as, as a channel to kind of encourage us in the in this um journey we are about to go into then i'll talk about um intro into this space called project management and then let's see what the future holds is it a career that i should go into <clears throat> are there prospects and and the rest so um please don't get carried away by the introduction it's just i'm just a small um small person. So I created a slide, uh, a little bit about myself. So I've been a project manager for 10 plus years. And then um, over that period, I have successfully implemented, managed and delivered 85 plus projects. And um, these projects are across regions like Africa, Europe, Middle East, North America. And um, when I mean Europe, also the UK is also part of them. So I currently work as a technical, senior technical program manager for the leading supply chain um, company called um, Brambles Chep here in the UK. And um, I'm not just also, I'm not just a project manager, I'm also a trainer and a coach. And then I have been able to successfully place a hundred plus students in project management in the past four years. And then I run um, a coaching um, institution called Mentor Partners. And um, I work there also as the lead strategist. So in terms of industry experience, I have delivered projects in healthcare, supply chain, telecoms, IT, e-commerce, energy, FMCG, and the rest. So uh, these are the types of projects I have looked at in the past 10 years. So I would say my career in project management started um, while I was with GoTV in the UK as a PM analyst. I moved to Huawei as a project engineer, then in Huawei as a customer project manager, Infotech as a digital project manager. Sorry, that's supposed to be 2017. So then seamless um, for five years as a technical project manager. Then I worked with Smile as a program manager, then went to Resourcery as a senior project manager, where I am now working with Brambles as a senior technical program manager from 2023 till date. And um, over the years, I have been able to get some certifications now I would I know some questions would come much later do we need a certification before we start I would say no so I know in in Nigeria it's more like we need certifications to get us to the door but I would say um it's it's a very wrong um it's a very wrong mindset so you need to practice um then get certified for what you have actually practiced for but for for some other persons it might be 
a confidence booster, fine. So we would speak more about, about that um, as we go. So uh, this brings me to, I just have one slide to talk about projects management as a whole. So before you, well, we talk about what projects management is, we need two things. What's a project and who is a project manager? So a project itself, it's a temporary one-time exercise that varies in duration. So it has a start date, it has an end date, and then there is a focus. There is something we want to achieve. So I have walked across the healthcare um, space and there are several health-related projects. For example, we want to overhaul the medical records, move from using paper-based to start using um, IT solutions to manage medical records. Or we actually, we want to change uh, the the medical lab facility in a hospital. So we're currently using maybe this type of equipment and then we want to replace them with a new type of equipment. Or we're doing a, a process reorientation. So we used to do things this way and now we would be doing things this way. Or we want to introduce a new profile or we want to go to a new building. So anything about project is short term, it's fixed, and there is a goal that needs to be achieved. And once it is achieved, what then happens after that, it's business as usual. So we start using everything that has already been put right there in place. So let's not confuse projects with day-to-day -day things. So if I'm living in my house and oh, I don't like my laptop, I need a new laptop, that's a project. So once I get a new laptop and start using the laptop with everything that's there, it's no longer a project. But if I want to enhance the laptop, if I want to do something to change what is already existing, it's actually a project. So it's undertaking to address a specific need in an organization. And the aim is to create a product or a service, or a change. So let's take a little pause. Um, on the chat space, can anybody type what you think, it, across different industry, what you think could be a good example of a project? It could be personal, it could be from the organization, it could be anything like, so you just type, then we would, we would take about two or three um, examples from the chat space and then we'll discuss if it's actually a project or it's not. Okay, so digitizing the patient's medical record. Yes, all right, thanks, that's one. I need two more. Implementing a new system of operations in a restaurant, correct? So um, then deploying digital dictation system for doctors, that's, that's correct. Um, so I would count this as two because two came from one person, so I need one more. So 
who is going to bail us out unless we we'll sleep here. So we need one more, one more example of a of a project. So we need one more example of a of a project. Okay, so if no one is typing, let's let's discuss. Okay, software solution upgrade. Okay, uh, okay, we're upgrading a software solution. Okay, fine. So let's let's quickly talk about them randomly and why it is a project. So I own a restaurant. Uh, so operating the restaurant is not a project, but implementing a new system that would help to operate the restaurant, it's a project. Now let's say, uh, and then a restaurant could have different subsections. So we have the food processing side, we have the payment side, we have the uh, the food service side, we have the staffing, we have the so different aspect of the restaurant has different operations model. Let's say we used to pay with cash. Anyone who comes to the restaurant to pay by cash. But now we want to change the payment process to start using POS and then bank transfer. So it's a good, it's a good initiative. It's a good initiative to do that, but then it has to be planned. It has to be well managed. You need to kind of understand how it's going to affect um, the the business um, the business um, process. So it's 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 something that it needs to be well structured. If not, there's going to be a problem. Imagine where you are doing a project for a bank, and then the the bank is you're going to do the project while operations in the bank is ongoing if it's not well planned let's say it's it's something that would cause noise imagine getting to the bank and you see somebody with a driller drilling it's going to affect the operation so it's something that needs to be well planned and structurally laid out so a project manager is that person whose day-to-day -day job is to manage a project. And what did you say is a project? A one-time exercise, a temporary exercise that has a planned start, a planned finish, aimed to help an organization to fulfill a specific need. And that need is we're creating a product which they can see or a service which they cannot see or a change in the business operation. So now, what will a project manager do? Let's let's talk about it in in general. So a mandate is start the project. So there will be a some somebody or senior management at the top that says start the project. We want to start a project. We want to change this. We want to change that. We want to introduce this. So what does a project manager do? <clears throat> the first thing is I am going to support the initiation of that project 
Next thing is I'm going to assemble the team that is going to work on the project. Once I have the team, then I will lead the team to plan the project. After the team has supported in the planning, I will create the plan. And then when the team members are doing the work, I will coordinate and control the work that is being done. And then I will deliver the quality work to the person who requested for the uh, project itself. And I will close the project. So this flow here is project manager or project management in one view. So I'm going to start again. So if I take that we're changing recruitment process in our organization. So let's use that example, which Michael just gave. What we want to change the recruitment process. Now the mandate will say, um, if we're changing the recruitment process, this is what we stand to gain. Or there's a problem that when people apply in an organization, it's taking them three months to be onboarded. Or the vacancy, uh, there is no vacancy link online for them to apply. They have to use paper. Or they are sending via email. We want to introduce LinkedIn. There must be a problem statement. And that problem statement must go to the senior leadership. And the senior leadership will say, okay, start the project. I am willing to um, invest. Now, some of us have cars. Let's say I'm your mechanic, right? You brought your car to my workshop. And I looked at it. You told me, ah, the thing is overheating and uh, it's not moving fast. It's making some kind of sound. So what will I do as a mechanic? I'll do an initial analysis. And then I would say, uh, oh God, this is the stuff. Now, I want to ask a simple question and I need answers in the chat space. What happens if I, the mechanic, just decided to start working on the car without waiting for you to give me the mandate to start? Who is going to pay? So now, if you say the mechanic, why would the mechanic pay? So is it because we, we are not green for anybody this year or what exactly? So why, why is the mechanic, the, because the mechanic did not wait for, for the sponsor to give a head start. So the mechanic went ahead, did it, now we don't do like that in project management. There must be, there must be the a mandate, an agreement to start. You can't start something without if there's if the person who is to sponsor it or pay for it does not give the go ahead. So once the go ahead is given, a project manager would support the initiation process. All the things that we need to initiate the project, understand the business case create a brief, blah, blah, blah. Once that is approved, we will get, we would assemble the team that is going to do the work. Now, this team, depending on the type of project, depending on the type of work, if it's a, if it's a building project, we need a building team, a civil engineer, an architect, a mechanical engineer, an electrical engineer, blah, 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 because it is these people that would say, the work that needs to be done while the project manager leads the planning session. 
After that meeting, the project manager creates the plan and then everybody goes to work. Now this work is where we spend almost 85% of the time and the money. And if there's gonna be an issue, if somebody is going to fall from top of the building down, it will be here. If we're going to mess up, if we're going to do well, it is here. So the project manager is to coordinate and control the work. Make sure everybody follows the plan that has been instituted, right? Now, once the work is done, the project manager has to deliver the work to whosoever initiated the work. Now, once the person accepts the work, we'll close the project. If I'm a tailor or a fashion designer, somebody comes to me and say, I need a wedding dress. My wedding is this, blah, blah, blah. So we would, now the person has given me the mandate to start. I would initiate the project and confirm to the person that this is what you want. We'll gather the requirement and say, you want this particular style, you want this particular design, blah, blah, blah. And we will do what? I would then start thinking, which team do I need to fulfill this project? I need, a, I need somebody who is going to take the measurements. I need somebody who is going to cut the pattern. I need somebody who is going to join. I need somebody who is going to iron. I need somebody who is going to deliver the clothes to the clients. I need somebody who is going to take the payments. I need somebody who is going to do this. So once you gather, assemble those people, we will sit together and we will plan. We'll say, okay, what are the work we need to do? So make this dress. You go to the, uh, we'll buy the materials, we would order for it, it will come, we will do this, blah, 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 blah. So all of those things will be assembled into a plan. Once you have a plan, everybody would follow that plan. And for everybody to follow the plan, we need the project manager to coordinate and control the work. Once we are finished sewing the dress, we need to deliver the work to the client so that the client would accept it and pay. Once the client accepts, we would close the project. I'm trying to use something as basic as that to explain what this whole project management is about. So it means for us to do this, we need to work with the client who wants the project to be done. You would also manage your project team who are going to do the work. And this project team involves both your internal project team and for those who are going to use vendors and suppliers. So if it's a wedding project, definitely there are internal committee for the wedding. And then there are vendors and suppliers who are going to cook, who will decorate, who will do the DJ, who is going to do photography, who is going to do videography. Any, so... All of them would have a plan. So a wedding planner would have the plan and ensure that we follow the plan. Now, then every person who is going to be involved in that project, who is going to be affected by the outcome of the project, we call them stakeholders. So they either assist us in getting the work done, they direct, they govern. So these are any other person outside the project team that is going to be affected or can impact or can affect this project. Now, I, I have a very funny story of where, uh, you know, where, where your, 
your mom calls and says um, that oh she's coming to take the kids for holiday. And then as a husband, you assume that you're the head of the house. And then you did not tell madame. And then on the day of the stuff, you just packing the children and you're ready to go. And then it's like, Madame says, where, where are you taking the kids to? They say, ah, they are going for this. They say, no, they can't go. Say, why? Because I already booked them for something else and I've already paid. So what happened? It's like I was planning a project, but I did not carry some stakeholders along. This happens in, in, in the corporate environment where you forgot to carry a department. But, but then when it gets to the particular sign of they said they are not going to sign because they were not involved at the start of the project. So as a project manager, you need to pay attention to people because you as a project manager, you are not the person doing the work. You're only coordinating and controlling the work to be done. Now, let me also mention that if the quality of the work is good, you're praised. If the quality of the work is bad, if you're if 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 you're constructing a road and then uh, you did not take advantage, you did not uh, consider the stakeholders. Stakeholders are when you hear stakeholders, it's just anybody who can impact or be impacted, who can influence or be influenced, who can affect or be affected by the outcome of the project. You don't just wake up and start doing the road without considering the road users or those who are selling, who have businesses along that road because they would be impacted by that your project. You don't just say, oh, no, the government has given us mandate. And you as a project manager, you don't plan for them because they are also users of the road. So for me to be able to do project management, I need some basic tools. Now, I'm not going to explain all the tools here, but I'm just want, um, I just want to mention them. All of these tools belong to categories like um, planning tool, conferencing tool. So today in this call, we're using Zoom. So this could have been a project meeting. So it means as a project manager, I need to know how to use conferencing tools. Now, <clears throat> we are also chatting. In project management, definitely all team members need to communicate. So we need things like Slack, we need things like emails and the rest. Now, in project management, sometimes every one of us wants to work in one space. So tools like Google Sheets or Confluence or Jira helps us to do that. In project manager, project management, sorry, we need to create a plan. And tools like MS Project helps us to do that. You also need to know how to use the Microsoft Office tools for documentations and the rest. And what are some of the things we focus on? There is quality. The quality of the work that is to be delivered must not be compromised. The scope talks about what has been agreed to be done. Now, risk uh, 
unforeseen things that could happen. They've not yet happened, but there's a tendency that they could happen. However, we need to plan for them. Time is, every project is time-based. If you're doing a wedding next week and I deliver, uh, there was a wedding in 2017. I was with Huawei then. No, okay, yeah, my final year with, with Huawei, early, early years of 2017, there was a lady who used to get married. And then uh, she... She had a wedding planner or a project manager who was helping to coordinate stuff. And then um, the person who was supposed to who was supposed to supply the food. You know, sometimes you you your head will be messed up with the dates. So the person we on the on the on the on the morning of the of the wedding after the church, he said. Madam, this madam has not come. So they now called her and said, um, hello, something, something, Catherine. Um, we're waiting, we're at the hall. We're waiting for you. The woman said, I beg, is the wedding this Saturday or next Saturday? Now, this is a wedding that they've everybody's already um people are already sat at the at the hall and everything. So they had to quickly rush to shop, right? This one, I, I'm not giving a, a cooked up story. They had to rush up to shop, right? And buy shop, right? You, you can buy, buy the rice at, I don't know how to put it, in plates, right? So they had to buy rice from shop, right? And quickly run to the reception to give it to people as food. Now, this is a poorly planned stuff and that happens where a project manager you don't you if you have a plan you don't assume that people follow the plan no you have to control and coordinate that whosoever needs to do a work at so 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 time gets that particular work done so timing is of importance cost is of importance because everything like many of us now who wants to make a, I don't want to say career change, but I would say an adjustment in your career from um, being healthcare professionals to venting into project management. That's a project. So that project needs to be initiated. You need to know who would help you to, to get there. You need to lead, have a plan, and then start working towards it. So in you need to also know how much it's going to cost you to do that. Now, there are changes that happen in projects. Let's say we decided that we want to do this, and then all of a sudden they said, okay, can you change the login page? Or the wedding dress that was initially given to us was short sleeve, and then you just decided to say, oh, can you make it a long sleeve? You just quickly changed the scope. Now, we would just say, oh, yes, thank you, no problem, we will do it. Rather, what we would do is we have to go through a change process. We have to say, okay, what would be the impact of this extra material? What would be the impact of time? What would be the impact of cost? Let's say we ordered that cloth from Italy. 
Now, if you want extra of that material, if we can't get it in Nigeria, it simply means we have to do what? Go and repeat the ordering process. Are you willing to wait? And all of those things. So you can't just accept a change without doing impact. And the truth is every project was instituted to deliver an output which would actually have benefit to the organization. So we must be focused on what exactly is the output. Now, if I have about 30 people here and I ask all of you, why do you want to do project management? Now, the answers I will get is different. So let's, let's try, let's do a trial. Can you put on the chat space, why would you want to, if you want to be a project manager or why would you want a career change? Now, some persons will say, I need a better salary. Some persons will say, I need a better job. This, somebody, some, so, but can we do a trial? Can you type? Now, me, I will type the reason why I became a project manager. Very, very funny. I, I say it each time I get to speak to people. Uh, I, it was a very fateful Saturday in February. I already had a date. I've already called her and said, let us meet somewhere. And then uh, we, I was already planning to get there. Next thing, I had a call from office to say, hey, Darlington, you have been, did you check your email? I said, no. I said, ah, you've been assigned to a project. That was as a project team member. I was assigned to a project and I needed to travel from Lagos to Ibadan that very day. And I'd already told this babe of a person to wait for me and at, at, um, at the meeting spot. And then it was like, oh Lord, what kind of thing is this? What, what role can I go to where people will not control me? Rather, I will control people. And it was that day, <laughs> it was that fateful day. I decided that I was going to be a project manager. Nobody would change my schedule again. Nobody would just wake me up and tell me, you know, where somebody will ask you, what's the update? Has it been done? Blah, blah, blah. I said, no, never again. So from that very day, I started learning everything. I'm not saying it was a good reason, but for me, it was a, it was a good um, motivation. So some person says, I'm going to project management to improve my people management skills, correct? Now, another person said, it's not a career change. I've worked in the public health um, project and program management. I'm looking to fine tune. So that's that's fine. So every the reason why I am asking is, if you ask a hundred people why, even though the what is the same, the whys are different. And the wise would actually help me or anyone to know how best to help you meet them. So the focus will not be towards making you, preparing you to, to apply for a job. Rather, it would be to help you understand what skills do you have currently, what skill gap it, is it, and what can we do to help you become a better manager of time, manager of scope, manager of, because the truth is whether you practice project management as a career or not, as a husband or as a wife 
or as a person, you would definitely have to do something that has to do with project management. So there must be somebody who will come and walk in your house. You need to plan it. There must be something that maybe you want to relocate from Nigeria to Canada or to the UK, or you want to move from Lagos to Abuja. It's a project. So it has to be properly planned. So maybe you want to change the school of your child to another school. You, you have to properly plan it. You want to change your car. You have to properly plan it. You want to repair your car. You want to renovate the house, whatever it is. So project management is not a is not just a career. It's a lifestyle of everybody. The only thing is that some persons now decided to say, okay, rather than making it something that I do by the side, I would rather want to focus and make it a career. So uh, I like this one, though. I can make cool money in the UK. The answer is yes. Now I would give you, I'll, in my next slide after this, I would explain the career path and if possible, maybe tell you uh, some, some things like, it's it's actually true. There is actually there's money everywhere, right? Now, uh, I wouldn't say there is there is no money in project management. There is. So some people's salary when they tell you, you either would want to do three things. Is it that you go to Todd Milan Bridge and want to jump and say, God, what have I been doing with my own life? Or you would actually say, um, what can I do to get to get there? So I did explain to Ross that uh, how my journey actually started. So if I tell us that I'm earning XYZ here, I didn't really just start earning XYZ here just like that. But now there is a way to not run through all these long processes. Now I would explain. If Mr. Ken is a doctor, a senior doctor, now I am planning to go into medicine. Now there is a normal process. I have to go through medical school. I have to serve um, housemanship. Then I have to get my practicing license, get the plan one, then blah, blah, blah. Now, and then start as a junior resident doctor. So now I can either go through myself or if I have a senior medical professional in the field. Now that person had been a medical professional for quite some time and there are mistakes that person made. Now there are things the person did that maybe should have taking him two years, but because nobody was guiding him, it took him five years. Now, if you walk with that person, the truth is all the mistakes the person made that made his or her journey longer, the person will tell you and you would avoid having to go through that long journey to get there. So what would have taken you 10 years would then end up taking you five years to achieve the same thing that that person took 10 years to achieve. So this is why mentorship and guidance is as important as, I don't want to spend 
10,000 to get something that I was supposed to spend 1,000 to get because I spent 9,000 in either my foolishness or my greed or trying to trying to feel I can I can do it myself. You know where, um, for example, you're to how do I how do I how do I put this? Okay, let's 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 just go. Let me not digress. So now these are the basic tools. These are what we focus on. You managing stakeholders. You're looking at meetings, reports. Now these are some certifications that are really required in the industry. I mean in the industry, and these are certain industries, not all. I I because of the sake of the slide, I couldn't mention as much. But definitely healthcare requires project management. Now, whether we are making a new vaccine, whether we are doing a research and um, development program, whether we are enhancing an area in pharmaceuticals, whether we are launching a new uh, vaccination program, whether we are doing cancer research, whatever it is, there are so many multiple areas and any initiative, any area, definitely it's a project. So anything that needs to be done to help enhance what is already existing, it's called a project. So as long as there would be changes in life, projects management can never go out of extinction. It's never possible. So as long as there are things to do, there will definitely be a project management project manager to look at it. Now let's talk uh, on the last slide before we go to the question. So how do I start? Now you, one of the first kickoff roles is working as a coordinator. Now a coordinator is somebody who is like assigned to a senior project manager or assigned to a project manager to assist them, to support them or to be a junior to them. Now, if you have a high school diploma or a basic degree, irrespective of whether it's degree or political science, it doesn't really matter. Now, what really matters is, uh, so the big question is, I am not a medical professional or I'm not, I am a medical professional. Can I also, uh, be a project manager in the constructions industry? Now, we would answer that question. Now, some of us did not start as, uh, so I've, I've managed projects in, in the medical space. All I needed to do was not to go to school to study medicine. Rather, I went and did some initial trainings on how what a general overview of what it, what medicine about like so that I'll be able to speak I don't want to get into the medical space and then when they are saying things like um, prescription diagnosis I'm saying what is what are they talking about I am not the person to administer those prescription but I should know what the meaning of prescription I should know what diagnosis really means so the vocabularies are just what is most important, not you being a specialist in the field. You as a project manager will be working with those specialists. So when they speak this language, you just want to understand. If it's construction, you need to know what, what they mean by foundation, 
decade. You need to know what they mean by uh, architectural plan. When they say civil engineer, you need to know who, what it does. Or You don't need to be a civil engineer. You don't need to study construction in the university. But at least when you hear those things that are familiar within that field, you should be able to communicate. So the essence is because 90% of what we do is communication. So there's an entry level. Now, a project manager is somebody who, uh, so if you have about two to three years of experience, either as a project manager or you've been working in one or two projects, not really as a project manager, but you've been involved in things that are project related, you could actually then move from here or start from here at all. Now, from a project manager, people move to become senior project managers or program manager. The difference between a project manager and a program manager is the program manager looks at interrelated uh, projects, multiple interrelated projects. So if I work for the... NHS and NHS, they are looking at uh, they are looking at a very big program called uh, enhancing medical records across the UK. Now this is across the UK, not just for one hospital, but it is across the UK. So it means there is hospitals, there is um, medical centers, there is dental. There is this. So all of these places are different, different projects to be going on. They're all related to one big program called Enhancing Medical Records. So a program manager looks at multiple related projects at the same time. A senior project manager is looking at multiple projects as well. They might be related, they might not be related. So as a pro project manager, a senior project manager or program manager, you could move to, to be head of project department or um, a project director. From there, you go to a C-level um, um, C level um, positions. Now, somebody says I should talk about different roles or different names, right? that somebody could be called. Um, so some people call project manager, some people call delivery manager, some people call change manager. So whatever it is, the key thing is they all do similar thing. Support the initiation, get the team and create a plan, and then manage the work that is being done and deliver the work. Once you deliver the work, you close the project. So even if we don't get anything here, this is just a very simple uh, idea of what a project manager would do in every place that he or she finds himself. So now let's go to the question. So. I know I've spoken for the past 30 to 40 minutes. Um, I, I apologize. I didn't tell us to take water or 
or or Jews or something like that. I will I will repeat I will repeat the mistake next time. But uh, please, if you have uh, questions, feel free to to ask them on the on the chat space. Or if you feel like speaking, you could actually raise up your hand and then you could then speak. Thank you so much, uh, Dalita. I'll probably go first while others are prepping their questions. So uh, initially, I think somewhere you mentioned <clears throat> the issue of do I need to get certified before I start or do I start and then get certified? Okay. Um, good question. So uh, because of now, how do you want me to answer the question? Is it from Nigerian perspective or from outside Nigeria perspective? Well, probably look at both, both sides of the coin. <laughs> okay, so let's start from Nigeria perspective. Now, um, because of the nature of how Nigeria is, right? So it is best to get the certification while you are preparing to enter into the market because uh, they would, you don't want them to kind of say, so when I, when I, when I got, when I started uh, working with Seamless in 2017, I first started as a project coordinator um, because I did not have a project management cert certification. So, um, so let's say I was supposed to earn a thousand dollars then. Because of that, um, it was now to be paid, I think, 750 USD or 800 USD per month. Now, and I was told that if you, if you can um, get your certification in the next six months while on the job, you would actually come back to the 1,000. I'm just using theoretical um, value. So you'll come back to 1,000 USD. And so what I did was to uh, start the job within the first six months, get the certification, prove myself, like that. So, but some other companies would not give you that chance. They will say, oh, you don't have, because in the in the job description, they will state it there categorically that they need you to be certified in this and that and that. So I would appreciate if you are in the African climb to get the certification while you are preparing. But for those in the West, it's more like the response is towards experience. So they would more ask, tell me about the time you've done this. Tell me about the time you've done that. Because uh, your boss could be a college graduate with 20 years of experience. And you, you are a PhD holder with zero years of experience. <laughs> so, so it's more like, who would you take? It's, it's, it's like somebody was asking me, a very simple question that you have two people. Your, you have a medical emergency in your house and then two people came and then one has a driver's license but cannot drive. Another person has been driving but does not have a driver's license. 
And the medical emergency you have in your house is the person has just 30 minutes to leave. Now, if you cannot get the person to the hospital within that 30 minutes, the hospital is not that far. So who would you give your car key to? So it's, a, it's an open question. So will you say, ah, no, forget, I need certification, I need certification. Because the problem we have in Africa is we'll, we, we, we pay attention to paper and not pay attention to what's in the head. So somebody brings a long list of paper and then get into the company and cannot get the work done. But because that is the uniqueness of where we find ourselves, for, for you to at least get the chance to come in, get the paper as well, and also get something in the head and prove to them that what's in the head is more than what's on the paper. So that's the best way I can, I can explain it. Thank you. I think Andrew had his hand up. You can unmute yourself and ask while I look at the questions in the chat. Andrew, are you still here? Andrew, more more. Yep. Okay. You can go ahead and ask your question. Then, uh, then in the chat, somebody saying, "Can you switch the slide to the first page? Need to take down some things." Okay. There's also a question of what are the needed certifications. I think it's probably still on that same first. So I believe this should be the first page because the other page was just um a summary of myself. So I think this should be yeah the yeah this one I guess. Okay. So what are the needed certifications? So I did explain also in the first page that for project management, the two most appreciated certifications are the PNP, which is centered towards the way projects are managed in the US or North America and Canada, or the Prince 2, which talks about how projects are managed in the UK or within the Europe um, region. So because most companies are now becoming multinational, now, if you have either of these ones, they would actually help you to, to get your foot into the door. Prince 2 is a process-based um, project management approach. PNP is a knowledge-based project management approach. Now, the two of them still end up giving you the same Thing. But the thing is, like I would say, you, you need to understand uh, the culture and where you intend to work. Now, if I'm speaking to an Indian man and um, he's shaking his head this way, it means what I'm saying is correct. Or what I'm saying is he understands it. But if I speak to somebody in Africa and the person is shaking his head, that means no. So the point is where you want to apply, where you want to practice, it is best to understand what are or is the certification or are the certifications that um, would be needed in that place so that you, you actually would not waste 
I don't want to use the word waste. You actually will not wrongly invest. So I would say if you get any of these first two here, it actually um, it actually falls in. Now somebody is asking um, the Google Project Management Certificate course. Now the Google Project Management Certificate course is fine, but that's actually a foundation. So I've actually gone through that course. It's, it's tailored to prepare you on how to use Google Sheets, um, Google Google Meets, every of the Google suite to, to kind of prepare you to be a project manager, but it's actually a foundation uh, stuff. It's not really a global certified um, certification like these two, but however, it is better than nothing. So if you ask me, uh, if you ask me, are you certified? Let's say, so Ada, let's say I come to your company, you're, you're, you're interviewing me for a project manager, you ask me, are you certified? Now the answer I will tell you is yes. I wouldn't tell you the certification I have. Rather, I would pin it on, I've been practicing, I've been certified and practicing project manager for the past five years where I have worked on projects like these, 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 and that. And then I have worked with organizations like this. In my last role, I was given a project that is worth 2 billion naira. And I worked with senior medical professionals in the government um, agencies, as well as in the private agencies to update their medical records. This project lasted for about eight to 10 months. And um, I, so I would not, I would not answer you what you're looking for because I know exactly what the person wants to hear. The person wants to hear me say, um, um, I have Prince 2, I have PNP, I have this. And it's like, for me, I really don't like centering on those stuff. I like to center more on what it is you're bringing to the table. So certifications are added advantage. And if you have the little of them, it's fine. But how do you present it? I know, I know in this classroom I have Christians and Muslims, but I will give a very good um, analogy from the Bible when uh, David wanted to fight Goliath. Right, the question Saul asked: Have you fought before? Like you look so feeble and the rest. Now David said, "I have a CV." Right. I'm not going to start telling you the number of wars that I've, but I've been a fighter. I'm going, I'm going to quote it. Say, I've been a fighter from my youth. And then I, when the bear came to snatch one of the sheep, I ran after it and I tore them out. When the lion came, the same thing I would do to this guy. Now, this is somebody who is starting as a project manager who has never worked for anybody before, who has never done anything but he was explaining to the hiring manager that he has done this, 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 and this. So you wouldn't center the answer on what the person wants to hear. You would direct the person to what it is that you have done and you magnify it. And then let the person give you the chance and see you partner with God to bring down the Goliath. And then everybody will start singing, oh, Ada has killed 10,000. This as how did it happen? I take the little thing I have. Now, when 
somebody was saying, lie on the CV. When, or let me say, when Saul wanted to kind of put things on, on David, like take the sword, take the shield, take everything, it was a bit too heavy. It was a bit difficult to defend. So all he did was, I've done Google certification. I've done a couple of courses on Udemy. I've done this. Darlington, how can I arrange this on my CV to make sure that once I apply, it's going to get the attention. So once we were able to get a CV like that and put it out, and then you get to the interview, you speak positively on, I mean, boldly on what it is that you, you could bring to the table. The simple truth is, if I speak with confidence, if I start and say, um, hello, everybody, um, smoking is not really what causes cancer. Um, when you eat too much sugar, in fact, it's shown that people who smoke still live longer than those who, who, um, who take sugar. Diabetes kills faster than smoking. Now, the more you keep saying that with very serious face, <laughs> it's like people say, ah, well, after all, they smoke while they smoke. Don't be waiting there. As far there are bigger issues, right? So you learn how to say or sell yourself in the much possible and best way that you can do that. So um somebody is saying, can you recommend a program or a platform to get this certification from? Okay. Um, first of all, um, we run a training and a mentorship program. I think um, Kelechi would help, Dr. Um, Ron will help to share the, the yeah. Google link. But apart from that, I I am willing to help to, to like if you go on Google and look for Prince 2 or PMP, I can help you to, to some... Uh, with some organizations, partner organizations in Nigeria that could help you train at a very um, lower fee, right? Um, so that you don't you don't break the bank. So first of all, what you need is to get trained. Then the second thing is to write the certification exam. So these are two different things. So first thing is to at least get trained. Now the certification exams are in USD. So you, it means you really would have to kind of plan your finances for them. But definitely it's something that uh, I'm willing to help. So Elizabeth is asking which organizations can, can a startup work or even volunteer experience in the UK since UK is more particular about your experience. All right. So um, let me let me share a, a just one second, let me try to share this other screen. Okay, so in terms of um so we we actually run a a training um so let me explain I think I'm trying to share my screen 
screen, so I just want to. Okay, so if you could see my, if you could see my screen. Yeah. Okay, so um, what what we do is we. So we kind of run a faculty training program in project um, management and then also pair. So just to answer the question Elizabeth is asking. So we, we have series of mentors in the industry who uh, who accept after, after going through a kind of initial training, who kind of accept students from us to work with them to gain the respective um, experience. So for example, let me say, Elizabeth, you are a senior fashion designer. And then we run a program where, first of all, somebody who wants to go into fashion designing will get trained with us for about four weeks. And then we would partner them with already seasoned fashion designers in the industry so that they could actually work with them for eight to 12 weeks to actually see how things work practically. So once that is done, we then prepare them for the market for them to apply for fashion designing jobs. So the, the model is more like train, mentor, and then prepare them for the market. This is just to help them close that um, that experience gap. So I don't know if, if I... I was able to answer your question. Um, I'm trying to scroll up for more questions. So do we have, please feel free to ask. Um, it's not, it's yeah. not it's I have not, another question. Yes, please. Yeah, basically most of the questions I get really, so it might not just be me. So <clears throat> in terms of, you know, work-life balance, right? You already mentioned that, yes, okay, you're practically in control of your time now. You know, people are not ordering you around or putting slots into your diary and booking you yeah. that. So is this something that happens, you know, across board for, you know, all project managers? Bear in mind that you're probably at a very senior position. Then I also get a question of, uh, can you work remotely all the time or must you be on site all the time? Okay. Yeah. So let's let's start with the remotely. So not all um, disciplines can allow you work remotely, but project management can allow you do that. Now I have been working remotely since now. If I I started working just um, one second. So I started working remotely since 2017. And this 2017, I was in Nigeria. I was working for this company. This company is a the company is headquartered in Sweden. And I was working as a technical project manager looking after projects in Africa. So I was traveling from places to places. Um, I've been to a couple of African countries. So I started. I started working with them remotely. So even before, when some people said, oh, remote started with COVID, I said, no, I, I've been working in my 
in my small house there as a project um, manager. And then while I was doing this, I was able to I was able to start developing myself. So I had the chance to, I'm not saying you have full autonomy of time, but the truth is, if I show you my current workspace, I have I have my MacBook here, I have my Dell by, by my side, I have two monitors. Now, if I want to work on multiple things at the same time, because I have the leverage of working from home, I can do that. Now, I can take the kids to school, I can go bring them back home, I can allow Madame to sleep a little bit, and all of those, all of those that I can, I can do some things. Now, I'm not saying all projects management job allows that. Now, there are some jobs that would allow you to definitely report to the office. The key thing there is you are the person in charge of the project. So how the project is going to be managed, you are kind of, you have the chance to control that. There are some things that you don't have chance to control, right? But you, you're not the VC, but you're more like the head of that department. So the coordination of what will happen, it's kind of within your control in line with whatever the dean of the school and the VC has has kind of put. So yes, working remotely is a possibility um, while working as a project manager. I think the other first question you asked, I think I didn't take notes. Can you help me to, I think you asked the first question before I started answering the second one. So um, what was the first question? Lord, help me remember. Okay, is it in terms of autonomy of time? Yes, you, you, you get to, you get to, so if, because every one of us were following the project plan. So project plan has list of, everything that needs to be done, when it needs to be done, how it should be done, and who is going to do it. So I know that today, this and this and this. So it's you kind of have a little bit of control because you need to control that particular instance. Now, for things or unforeseen things that we don't have control over, those things we call risk. So the best way to control them is to kind of plan ahead of time to kind of envisage that this has a likelihood to happen. So if I'm to travel um, from one place to the other, if I know how that road is, if I know how the weather is, I can kind of plan and prepare for for it. I, I cannot control everything. I'm not God, but there are but how the project would work out, it's actually within your control. So if it's successful, you are praised. If it's not successful, you are the first person to, to be flogged. So that's that's just um, 
how, so I want to ask a general question. Um, what, are, what are some of the fears you may have to want to venture into a new space called project management? I did have my fear. In fact, I was, I'll tell you mine while I wait for other people. So my fear was that I am small in nature. In fact, during secondary school, they used to call me SMD. SMD is a short man devil. So I was small. And um, my fear was, how am I going to control people with so much level of experience? Like, sometimes it's like, hey, God, would they ever listen to me? It's like my voice. I did in, in God TV. I one of the time I worked as a contact center person. So I was on the phone. And then each time I called people or they called me, they'll they'll keep saying, Oh, thank you, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma. We really want to appreciate you, Ma. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you. I'll be telling them me, Ma. I'm not Ma. I'm sad. I say, but you sound like I don't know. So I was small. My voice was light. It's like, you know, everything is like Moses telling God, see, I'm a stammer. I can't go. Forget it. Oh, don't motivate me. I can't go. Gideon is saying, I, I am not good enough. Uh, Paul is saying, I mean, Saul was saying, see, oh, I've killed a lot of people. So converting me to become an apostle who is going to go and preach to the people who have killed, how am I going to face them? You know, Joseph is saying, God, remember my pastor. I have not done anything prime ministry before. I, I, I was a slave, from a slave to an ex-convict. Now, the truth is, we all have loads of things that would not want us to start. Fear of, I don't know what will happen. Fear of, it's a new career. In fact, I am a failure. Fear of I have never been. I've, 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 I'm, 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 I'm not good enough. I I don't have the experience enough. The truth is, all of those fears they are genuine. So the only way to do it is do me a favor, take a paper, write down all the fears that you have. Go on your knees, table them before God, and say, Lord. I am being truthful. This is my fear. And after praying, you take that paper. If you have, don't burn it inside the house, but put fire on the paper. And then let, let the paper, let Breeze carry that fear and go. Now, once Breeze has carried, because the reason why I want you to burn it, I don't want you to trash it in the, in the, can you have to burn it and see it fade away after you must have because the truth is fear is very 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 real i wouldn't lie to you it's like i've gone to interviews and i'll be shaking in fact you're 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 preparing for interview the first thing that comes to your mind is that they will not they will not pick you in fact the the the, the reality is that it is not going to work i don't even know why you're wasting your time now i would give a story a real life story of myself and um, while before i started working 
with in fact i know only a couple of people know this i've not gotten a job that i have applied for in fact if i apply for a job they will not call me so all the jobs that i have gotten that you see here so this is more like a personal testimony and also to encourage everyone all the jobs i've seen here they were either recruiters or people reaching out to me and and the rest so but how did it start now in um in 20 in 2014 while when i finished my masters in the uk i came back to nigeria i i wanted to start working so Huawei called me for aptitude test. I don't like aptitude test. In fact, I can do any other thing in this life, but you see all those GMAT and all of those things. I will even till now, I will still fail it. So I wrote it and um, I was not called for the next stage. And but before I left the place, after writing the exam, I heard a voice tell me that Darlington. This is your workplace. I said, God, okay. So after I left that place, I was in um, communication with all other people who have written the exam. And I was asking them, guy, how far have they called you? They say, ah, they've called me. I said, God, me, they've not called me. What, what is it? That fear said, you know, you are a failure. You know, you can never pass um, aptitude test. I said, God. But I also heard another voice that said, this is your workplace. And I know, God, this is you speaking to me. So what would I do? Then I, I told them, okay, guys, tell me the exact date and time that they are calling you people for the interview. So they told me that morning I wore my shirt, wore my suit. I was not invited. I wore my suit. I told my parents that I was going for an interview. I called two friends. And said, please pray for me. I'm going to this multinational company that they did not invite me. But I know that God is asking me to go there. So I went there. As I got to the reception, I saw a hundred of graduates who had come for the second stage. And that voice came again. Oga, what are you doing here? They did not invite you. You'll be arrested. How can you come to a very tall building in VI and you feel you can just, I sat down, I saw the, the admin person come, call list of people who had been invited and the voice kept ringing in my ear, oh guy, you are, you are not good enough, you cannot be, so after everybody had been called, they've done their interview, so we were now remaining only four, so they were supposed to because they had a list of people that were invited. So the lady came down with a paper. Now that paper was empty. It had a space for four people. She said, oh, we're sorry. Our printer is not working upstairs. So we couldn't print your names. So, but can the four of you? Now the thing is they had invited four people, but the last person, did not come because he had gotten a job somewhere else. So I was more like the fourth person. So to them, because they did not type the names, so it was more like an empty sheet. They said, can the four of you come and write your name? 
and go upstairs for the interview. Remember the other people, their names are already typed. But for that very reason, God did not make the printer to work. And this is a company that is a multinational company. And so I went upstairs. I had the interview. I was even shaking. It was after that time that they called me for the third stage and the final stage. And I started working with Huawei. Now, the thing was, it's a miracle because I got a job that I was not invited for. Now, I'm not saying this thing to tell you how big my faith is. No, I'm only telling these things to say that no matter what you're hearing today, I've been hearing it and I still hear it till today. There are areas in my life that I would want to go into and I'll hear the voice tell me you are not good. You will fail. You're a stammerer. You are this. You are that. You are short. You are in Nigeria. In fact, one of the one of the one of the worst things, one of the worst voices I hear. I know you might not want to hear it, but it is that you are in Nigeria. That thing is is as big as you are a failure. Sorry, um, please let's not take it personal, but with the way things are going around, maybe you want to apply for a medical or you want to apply for something, whether it is school or anything, the fact that they just see that you are Nigerian already kind of puts you back. But the second thing I want to say is you before you were a Nigerian, you are also a child of God. So I need you to take some things. Let's stop behaving like orphans or let's stop behaving like bastards. We have God as a father. And you could take your fears and go to him and say, Lord, please help me. I agree. I am scared. I agree. I feel like a failure. I agree. I don't have what it takes. But if you help me, I promise that I would put my faith in you from the start to the end. So God has been the one who has helped me all through this journey. And I'm not a testimony because of certifications I have. Yes, it's good to have them. Now, let me also say, I got this job. I work with Brambles. I know I got this job while I was in Nigeria. And I moved to the UK Four days made it one year I moved to the UK. Now, I got the job while I was in, you know, when people say, no, you cannot, how can a company hire you from the UK? And, you know, you know everybody's moving. For me, I didn't move because I went to study or anything. I moved because the company came and found me. And for you to be hired from Nigeria, it simply means they've looked around the entire UK. They could not see somebody. And then I'll be asking myself, what is inside this small boy? Or what is inside this thing that people... It's not really about you. So if you put yourself behind, so you are a zero, God is one. So if you, if you carry so many zeros and put before one, it is one. But if you carry the zeros and put after the one, you have 10, hundred, thousands. So the more you come after God, 
they don't see you. They actually see God. So it happened that. So I, I really, so everything you see here, you know, somebody will say, ah, this guy has a lot of this. If you double click me, I'm just fractions of somebody whom God had helped. So it's good to have fears. They are natural. No, I'm not going to blame you for feeling that you, you cannot make it. The truth is I felt like that. And sometimes I still feel like that. But the best thing that you can do is to run to somebody who has the ability or capacity to help. So um, that's um, the, so please, the way to treat the fear, just write them out, take them to somebody who could help. The best person I know is God. After you must have told him, carry lighter, burn the fear and say, see, as you're going, you better don't come back because by the time you're coming back, there's no space. It's just like somebody who is married and the father says, follow your husband, your, your room will have rented it out. That's kind of, <laughs> there's no space anymore. And I pray God, God helps us. So uh, <clears throat> I don't know who has, please feel free to ask um, if there's any other question. I know we've run longer than the... Yeah. Just I have a more. question. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead, Gideon. Yep. yep. Okay, so um, we're looking at. Um, I want to ask on transitioning into tech or into project management as a as a healthcare visas um, holder. Um, I think that is one area that has really put some of us into some kind of fears, talking about fears, uh, fears. Um, so I don't know how, I don't know the possibilities. Are there possibilities of transitioning from healthcare visa to, to PM? Is it possible? Okay. And um, yeah, I would need little insight on that. Okay. So, and secondly, secondly, what, what organization is this please? Who are you people? Thank you. Okay, so um, first question, can I transition as a healthcare professional to a project manager in the UK? The answer is yes. Um, but you, you wouldn't be able to do that on the current healthcare visa. It simply means the new employer you'll be working with will have to change the visa to a skilled work um visa that is that is one and to be able to transition all you you need a couple of health health related experience and uh, if you're planning to go into organizations like the nhs or something like that they have health health project managers or it project managers within the health space you could also branch into other spaces but sometimes because of your experience within the health, it would be great for you to continue um, as a project manager within that um, health space. So the second thing you're asking about who we are. So personally, first of all, I'm Darlington. Secondly, um, I also run a, a career training and mentorship in project management, as well as other 
disciplines. I think um, doctor has shared a link. So if you actually feel the link, we would actually reach out to you, discuss um, with you to understand what it is, your career goal, your plan, what it is you want to achieve, what have you been doing currently? We do a gap analysis to see how far are you from where you want to be and create a plan for how you would get there. And then we'll start working towards you getting there. So um, please, it's it's the truth is there is nothing good that comes easy. So, but there is a nine months of childbearing during that period, there is vomiting, there is no sleep at night, there is woman waking up in the middle of the night to slap her husband on the head, all those things. We understand that she is not herself. But the moment the child is born, we forget all the pain of that. So learning is like that. So even when you do this, you feel like one day feeling like stopping. You feel like not doing it. I but just want to encourage you that there is no longer light at the end of the whosoever put the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I don't know what the person wants us to do inside the tunnel, but there's light inside the tunnel till we get to the end. So uh, let's not get discouraged. Um, while I was growing up, I grew up in a place where, well, we all grew up in a place where there's no light. Now, in the middle, let's say when, when I was four or five, um, then it was Nepal. So interrupted the power. And then all of a sudden, maybe you're in the sitting room with your mom and your dad. But because the light is off, you won't see them. And then all of a sudden, you start crying, mommy, daddy. But now, the moment your mom or your dad says, Darlington, don't worry, I am here. Now, you haven't seen them, but because you heard their voice that gave you the assurance that they are there, you don't even need light. You just need hope. That hope makes you to keep quiet and wait for when somebody will put on the lantern or something like that. So I need you to get so close to encourage yourself. Even when you cannot see the light, when you cannot see the hope. I've trained people that it didn't take them time to get a job. I've also trained people that it took them time. I cannot tell you that all of a sudden it's going to work. But the key thing is, let us go through the respective process. And I trust God to, to help us as we, as we go. Whether you are in the deep village in Ogun State, or you are in one city in Ibadan, or you are in Enugu, or it, if God wants to find you, he would find you. Me, I, 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 I got encouraged 2000, 2022, 2021, where I started working. I said, God, I don't have money. I really need to, I know I would love to move and start working with the experience I had. I knew that it was time to start working in international space. But then I needed to start learning what to, rather than me finding, so my focus was, how will I make people to find me? Rather than how would I find people? 
because a whole lot of people were applying, blah, blah, blah. So all I needed was I got the wisdom on how to be found. And that's how the company found me in August 2022. I got the offer from them October 2022. And then they moved me and my entire family in January 2023. And I've been here since since then so it's in this whole thing you would hear plenty times just like how cnn or bbc would they will not tell you about the plane that landed successfully they will tell you about the one that crashed so in your mind you would keep hearing you are not good enough you're too old now some some person some persons will be above 40 or close to 50 and you want to go into this space I trained a man who, who was 56, and uh, he's in the U.S. I also trained somebody who just left. There was a man I trained in. He just left with his family from Nigeria to the U.K. And, you know, when I told him that he was going to pay X, Y, Z amount for the training, he said that, into, in fact, what I'm going to give you is this. Now, he spent all his life as, I mean, in oil and gas. So when oil and gas was really going down in Nigeria, he moved to the UK. He's working as a project manager, but in another space. So all you, all we need is what's the bridge. So I can, I can be a project manager in, in constructions today. All I need is a construction project manager who will tell me how things work within that construction space. And I would take everything I've learned in the past, apply it with that. And when I want to go for interview, now it helps me that I wouldn't be speaking as a rookie. I would borrow projects from that construction manager and say, oh, while working with this construction manager, we looked at this, we looked at that, we managed. I'm not telling a lie. I'm telling you things that I did with the construction manager or something like that. So that's that's just what I can I can say. So your fears are real, your fears are understandable, but your fears are not true. So don't let it to to define you. If God could help me, He can also He can also help you. So do we have any last salary expectations? Yep. That's my last question. Okay. Um, good question. Now in in Nigeria. And what's the cost and duration of this of, of your program, please? Okay, let's start with the salary expectations first. So um so in Nigeria it depends on the years, the years of experience and Okay, I'll give myself. I know salaries are kind of confidential stuff. Yeah. I I I I have worked and I I have and Okay, let me put it this way. A project manager can earn as as less as 150k in Nigeria and as high as two point something or three point something M in Nigeria. It all depends on the size of the organization 
the years of experience required for the job, the type of project, and then what you have to support. There are times that um, people have earned up to 900K, more than a million K. I mean, what was a million K? More than a million Naira, just like that. Some are earning less than that. In the UK, it's salary expectations are a little bit more transparent because when you want to apply for a job, you would actually see them state um, the salary there. So you could see... Um, you could see a job that pays £30,000, £40,000, £50,000, £60,000, £70,000, Some jobs pay even up to a hundred or more. So it's all down to what's the requirement of the job, what years of experience do they need or ask. But for somebody who is starting, I would say in the UK within the range of 30 to 50,000 pounds. Somebody in Nigeria starting maybe within the range of 300 to 700K, something like that. So that's, I don't know if I was able to answer. And those in the US, something similar because they have a similar pay scale to, to people in the UK, just a little bit of difference in, in the exchange rates. Then for the for the second question, I think it would be great to, rather than answer that now, um, please do fill the form. We, I need to, it's not really about the cost. We really need to find out, sit down and kind of understand your, your expectations and career progressions. First of all, understand the need. And because why I say so is, um, there are people who you speak to and maybe they don't have all the all the required finances to to do something so if you tell them that is it's going to cause this maybe they they run away and then some other persons have the capability to do that and uh, you you just don't want to lose people as a result of. So I would say you fill up the stuff, we'll reach out to you, we'll discuss one-on-one -on -one your career goals and career needs, come up with a plan for you and then agree on what it is that it is um, feasible. I know that might not be the answer you want to hear, but I think that's the best or better approach to, to go about this. Yeah, I've shared the link to that in the chat. So, and I'll still send it out after this meeting by email, just in case anybody misses that. Um, so, oh, okay. Thank you, Ada. <laughs> All right, guess no more questions. Just conscious of time. We've overshot by like 40 minutes. Yeah, so, so thank sorry. you so much. So sorry yeah. about that. No, it's fine, really. One of one of my one of my um weaknesses is just ability to sometimes when I talk, I don't I don't even know when the time time goes. <laughs> but my last words to to every 
word here is, if you see you cannot do it, you're correct. If you say you can do it, you're correct. But the truth is, if you say you can do it, there is there is a place uh, just uh, I would I would I would just share two places. I think two stories before we 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 end. Elisha woke up and saw that the chat the enemies were actually all encompassed around him. And then his servant couldn't see. So his servant was afraid. So the servant was crying and say, Elisha, like, can't you are you aren't you worried that people are the enemies are around? And Elisha said, They that are with us are greater than they that are with them. But he now prayed one prayer. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Now, if you read that place very, 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 very carefully, it said something. It said, Lord opened the eyes of the servant and he saw the chariots that are surrounding Elisha. Now, he did see chariots that are surrounding him. He only saw chariots that are surrounding Elisha because of his fear factor. He could not, he, he wasn't able to see so it's like nothing was surrounding him. Rather, everything was surrounding Elisha. That's something fear can cause. Secondly, Jesus was on a boat with his disciples. And his disciples were actually faced with storms. So they were all afraid. So they all were shouting, Lord, are you not bothered that all of us were going to die? The truth is, it's not possible for Jesus to be in the same boat with you. And you all will die. So I'm just saying this because of the fear, right? I'm just saying this because of the fear we all have. And the only way to, to, to overcome fear is by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I know it's the reason why I, I use these instances because we all face life situation and I can only, I can't, I don't want to tell you, give you a false hope that talented the way you became successful is you. See, I read more than, I don't sleep till maybe like 11, 12. I'm here reading. I don't, I I have all of these certifications. I hope, so when somebody who has them want to talk, I say, I have it. What do you want to say? I have, but there's something I have that you don't have. And that simple thing is when we both as certified project manager hit a rock, you would run to your brain to help you. But I'll run back to my father and say, Lord, you don't have to know how will you sort this thing. And one way or the other, the wisdom to sort that stuff would come. So please, I'm just encouraging us, even if we don't speak after today, one thing is that God, who is your father, is willing to help you in this stuff. Don't, my my parents used to tell me, stop thinking like a bastard. Like if I, I have a, I have three, three daughters, a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a six-month-old. 
if I go and meet them in their room right now, and I see them carrying their hand on their face, and the other one sitting on the bed and crying, and I ask Excel, what's the problem? And she said, I'm thinking about life. In fact, you as a father will say, well, wait till this one, Sabi, where you need to think about life. So it's like she has a license to think if I am dead. As a father, if she doesn't have father, doesn't have mother. But I we all have our father who is in heaven. And I pray that in this journey, you will not go in this journey without carrying him along because trust in the Lord with all your hearts, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Thank you so much. Um, I really want to appreciate your time. It was supposed to be one hour, but I took us longer than that. I sincerely appreciate your patience, and I, I pray that um, in years to come, you two will sit down on this other way, place and tell somebody where you failed you, and you're not ashamed to tell them and you also tell them how you're able to succeed and somebody would, out of everything you say, pick one thing to give them hope to become whosoever that they want to be. So I have failed, but the truth is in all my failures, God was able to help me to become who I am today. So God bless you. Please have a very wonderful Saturday. And if you're watching the Nigerian match tomorrow, please reduce <laughs> the We don't want to lose anybody. So check your blood pressure. We, irrespective of anyhow the match ends, life will, <laughs> life will continue. All right. All right. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. So I'll still send out the recording once it's ready and um, every other information. So hopefully next month we'll still do more of this. So thank you guys and bye for now. All right. Thank you so much. God bless. We have come to the end of another captivating episode of Behind the Scenes in Hell with Dr. Ron. And I hope he has left you inspired and enlightened. The dedication, compassion, and expertise showcased by these unsung heroes of healthcare deserve our utmost admiration and gratitude. We want to extend our heartfelt appreciation to all healthcare professionals who work tirelessly day and night to provide exceptional care to patients. Your selflessness and unwavering commitment to improving lives are what makes the healthcare system truly remarkable. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. Your feedback is invaluable and helps us continue bringing you engaging stories from the heart of healthcare. In the coming episodes, we'll continue to explore diverse roles and contributions of healthcare workers, share more inspiring stories of resilience and innovation. We'll also delve into critical topics such as healthcare disparities, mental health in the medical profession, and the future of healthcare technologies. We will also tell patient stories as we have realized they are the reasons why we do the work that we do. If you have a story you'd like us to feature, a healthcare professional you'd like us to highlight, or a patient stories that you would like us to tell, we'd love to hear from you. 
please connect with us on social media or through our website or better still drop us an email and let's continue the conversation. Remember, Behind the Scenes in Hell with Dr. Ron is not just a podcast. It is a celebration of the remarkable individuals who form the backbone of our healthcare system. Join us on this journey as we shine a light on the invaluable work they do, often with little recognition, but with boundless impact on patient lives. Thank you for being part of the community and for supporting Behind the Scenes in Hell with Dr. Ron. Together, let's amplify the voices of healthcare workers and patients and ultimately celebrate the unseen efforts that drive the heart of healthcare. Until next time, stay curious, stay inspired, and stay connected. Take care, and I'll see you soon in another episode of Behind the Scenes in Health with Dr. Ron. Bye for now.